0: In fact, Thailand is actually the birthplace of Red Bull. Red Bull is based on a sweet, uncarbonated energy drink that was sold throughout the country of Thailand and also across Asia. Later in 1987, an Austrian entrepreneur came by and he made some changes to the ingredients to better suit the Western tastes. And that was where Red Bull came from. So he was inspired by... A drink that was traditionally sold in Thailand to make Red Bull. So Red Bull was made from cultural appropriation. Mm -hmm. That is correct. Um, Another fun fact to build on top of that uh, related fact. Mm -hmm. Thailand is actually the only country in Southeast Asia that was not colonized under a European power. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, good for them. Most of the, yeah, most of the countries (laughs) there are colonized, right?
1: Yeah, because they still have, like, a patriarchy? No, wait, what's it called? A monarchy? Monarchy? Monarchy. Yeah, sorry. I think
0: they still have a royal family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They still have a king and everything. Yeah. Cool. Hi! I'm Leanne. I'm Tammy. And you're listening to Incrimination. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I never know how we decide on the sounds we make, but it um, happens. You just do it. You just do it. Yeah. It's just whatever we feel like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cool, cool, cool. Uh, one brief thing before we get started. We actually got an, a DM on Instagram, which, by the way, if you want to DM us, feel free. They are open at incrimination on Instagram. Ooh. We got a DM from one of our listeners saying that regarding the Amon case back in Indonesia, where it was like the sorcerer who was killing a bunch of people, um, we were talking about why the village chief decided to inform the military instead of the police, and this person said that usually in rural, remote, or tribal parts of Indonesia, the military are often deeply involved and integrated within the area so sometimes they're there to build like roads with a community so it's entirely possible that a military post would actually be the closest authority that they could reach when it came to the area that the crimes are taking place
1: that makes sense so,
0: yeah it does I never thought about it but that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense so thank you for that that was from Samudra thanks Samudra yes. <laughs> awesome that's all that's all? Yes.
1: All right, let's get into this episode's case. Yes. Cool. Today I'm going to be covering um, something a little different. I'm going to be talking about Kumantong from Thailand, um, also known as Golden Boys. So, in ancient southern Thailand, there was a widespread belief that protective ghost children, Kumantong, could warn against any imminent danger approaching a household. Um, and there were many manuscripts um, depicted on steps to make a kumantong, and their popularity is traced to uh, the Ayutthaya period, with the rituals said to be performed by animist sorcerers. So essentially these are um, amulets used um, as like a protective spirit in Thailand. So this case is going to be a little more um, historical. Not really a case. There, there are some case related cases related to it um, that I will be touching on. But this is more like a history lesson and -hmm. like a storytelling um, episode. I don't think it's going to be too long. But it's. I thought it was really interesting. I actually stumbled upon this topic when I was doing research for the Halloween episode. but it was just so complex and there were so many like different parts of it that yeah. i wanted to cover it in a whole episode so here we are nice but also like a bit of a trigger warning that it like involves children like babies specifically okay um and specifically fetuses okay so the ritual in making a kumantong involved surgically removing a fetus that passed away in the womb from the mother heading to a cemetery to dry roast the oh. fetus and in some cases like stillborn babies mm-hmm. so babies that um died in the womb but then were born afterwards mm-hmm. um and you would do this before dawn And the original ceremonies involved soaking the fetus in an oil called Nam Man Pray, which is a human-based oil, which is extracted by burning a candle close to the skin of a woman who died in childbirth, a deceased child, or any person who died in a natural death. So, this is oil extracted from a dead person Mm
0: -hmm. who died in a very specific manner or like circumstance. Yes,
1: yes. Um, by burning a candle close to their skin, and then it would kind of just like drip Mm -hmm. and those oils would be collected um very illegal nowadays mm-hmm. you cannot I can get imagine this. <laughs> um legally you can't get this legally yeah but yeah. um after the roast the sorcerer would then paint the fetus with a lacquer called yalak um nothing creepy for this the lacquer just made is just like specifically made to protect amulets and is used like in a lot of like cultural practices just for Mm -hmm. amulets. I don't know what's so special about it, but it's Mm -hmm. meant for amulets specifically. Mm -hmm. Does it just kind of
0: keep everything uh, intact essentially?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think Mm -hmm. so. And then once the lacquer is applied, then they'll apply gold leaf to cover it. Mm -hmm. And so the word kumantong is of Pali origin. Um, Kuman meaning sanctified young boy, and then tong meaning golden. Mm -hmm. So that's a thing. <laughs> and the story related to this um they actually appeared sorry they actually appeared in a famous folktale um based on real historical figures from the Ayutthaya period. So that was in around 18 late 1800 to 2300 mm-hmm. um BE so Buddhist era which is 540 years ahead of the Roman calendar, which means it's actually around like the 1300s to 1700s mm-hmm. is where this is based. Okay, I thought that was oh, cool. Oh, I didn't
0: know there was a BE, not a BC. Mm-hmm. I guess we're just yeah. so used to living in the westernized, colonized mm-hmm. world. Yeah,
1: I didn't even realize there was like a Buddhist era. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I had no idea. Which makes sense though, because there's like, you know, like the Buddhist calendar that's totally yeah. different from the Western Canada. Cal-
0: calendar <laughs> yes words are hard today <laughs> they really are well yeah
1: so um there are two main characters in the story of kun chang and kun pen a poem an epic poem by sun ton pu a 19th century poet and if i butcher these mm-hmm. names i'm sorry i'm not good at thai <laughs> And um, their tones are really complex in Thai. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I've tried, but... How many tones do they have? Uh, I don't know. I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's, like, a lot of tones, but it's just, like, tones that I'm not used to, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) How many tones are there in Chinese? Um, Mando has, like, four or five, Mm -hmm. like... Mostly four, but sometimes there's, like, a fifth one. And then mm-hmm. Canto has, like, six, I think.
1: Yeah, Vietnamese is also, like, five. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Playa Gero is a handsome young man, but he is very poor. And then Kun Tang mm-hmm. is bald and ugly, but very rich. Um, mm-hmm. And both of them have been comfe- competing for Nang Pim, a beautiful woman. Um mm-hmm. Plaekao was poor, but he was working to become a monk, where he learned military schools, sorry, military skills and magic at a monastery. Mm-hmm. Kunpen and Nangpim met at a temple during Songkran, the Thai New Year, and the two immediately fell in love. Plaekao left the temple and got married. Mm-hmm. Kun Chang since he was rich and powerful and also in love with Nang Pim used his status to send Plai to fight in a war and when Plai left Kun Chang spread a rumor that he had died at war um and in this time uh Nang Pim changes her name to Wan Tong for some reason um he then convinces Wan Tong's mother that he would be able to fill Pai Keo's place and take care of Wan Tong, and they end up getting married. And so, like, just, just—that's so saucy. I know it's like I really want to read the whole thing, but I—it's freaking long. It's like
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like the Odyssey. <laughs> it's like the yeah, Thai Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, understandable. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. But I've never even heard of this before. But apparently, mm-hmm. these stories are like. Taught to like children, and everybody in Thailand mm-hmm. knows of them, so they're super mm-hmm. famous. Anyway, Plaekao eventually comes back from the war a hero and earns the title of Kun Pen, um, as well as a new life, Lautong, which was the prize from winning the battle. So apparently, back then, like if you go to war and you're successful, like the the leader of the war, whoever led the group, um, is usually awarded like. A woman's hand in marriage
0: that's an interesting gift to receive, yeah, I guess, okay, for the time and the era that it was in mm-hmm. that makes sense because yep. I think like women were seen as property and objects one hundred percent human beings, so that's why, <laughs> but just wow, nice, okay, cool. yeah. so he
1: wins a wife. <laughs> Um great prize. <laughs> what the fuck? But then his wife is taken away because oh. he skipped out on royal service and the king caught wind of this and separated them as punishment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you do. As as a king does. He also had a third wife, Boa Klee. I think that's how you pronounce that. However, she died during childbirth, and when she did, Kunfen takes pen takes the remains of the dead child to the nearest temple and performs a ceremony invoking the spirit of the dead child back into the world while burning the body after covering the body with gold leaf it becomes the kumantong spirit warrior and Kun Pen's son basically Mm-hmm. So the Kumantong protects Kun Pen against enemy spirits, dark magic, and allowed him to gain wealth, power, and have like incredible luck. Like they would every time he went into a gamble, the uh, Kumantong would tell him like what to do, and he would always be successful. So mm-hmm. eventually, he just like gains a bunch of money, and it's all cool. Um, eventually, he finds Wan Tong, his old lover. And he decides to kidnap her because he's like, I love you. I miss you. (laughs) And (laughs) um, he brings her to the forest. And um, they're all like, oh, my God, now we can live happily ever after together. And she gets pregnant. Um, But when the king sends guards after him or like Kun Kun Chang sends guards after him, obviously, because he stole his wife. Um yeah yeah. yeah. He ac- accidentally he kills two of the guards as a result of like trying to get away. Um yeah. but eventually he finds out that Wantong's pregnant and he just gives up. He's like, "You know what? you go live with that guy. Um I'm going to turn myself in because I just murdered two men." <laughs> so <laughs> He goes to jail. Okay. Nice. Um, While well, Wan Tong gives birth to his son, Plai Nam.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Kun Chang did not like this baby. and Because it's not his. Yes, it's not his. And he named him, like, Wan Tong named him after the dad, like Plai.
0: Yeah. So obviously you're not even like, <laughs> like the yeah, kid. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So, um,. Kun Chang sent the kid into the forest. He's like, "Fuck you! Yeah. You're six years old. That's old enough. You, you, you can go live he in the can forest.
0: Survive."
1: Um, yeah. Somehow, Wan Tong manages to get him back and send him to a monastery to be raised. But then he runs away mm-hmm. from the monastery and then is raised by his grandmother. Um, mm-hmm. Not sure which side of the family the grandmother is on, but he, you know, she raises him well. He grows up and he joins the army.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The king. Releases Kunpen from prison to fight alongside his son. And after winning several battles, because you know, Kunpen still has his amulet with his son protecting him, and he knows a bunch of magic. He has like a magical sword and like an awesome horse or something. Um, Eventually, after tons of wins, Kunpen was appointed governor of Kanchanaburi, and Plangam was awarded two different brides.
0: Like at the same, like polyamory, or yeah, did you have to choose. No, no, no. At,
1: like, oh. like he was a lo- he was given one at one battle, and then he won another one, and then yeah, got
0: another, another one. Another Oh, that is so odd. Hey. Yeah, Imagine, and th- it's just like not a medal. It's like I uh-huh. don't no, 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 no. We don't do medals here. We do women. Woman. <laughs> I mean, trophy
1: wife. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and oh. It, it wasn't even just like, it would be like noble woman, but it'd also be, you know, like if um they go to, for example, Chiang Mai, they went to attack mm. Chiang Mai, take over Chiang Mai, the leader mm. of Chiang Mai, they took his daughter and made him, her the prize. Like, she, he married the daughter of Chiang Mai. The daughter of the Chiang Mai. Dude, yep. Mm. yep. Okay. Interesting, eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, at the wedding, one of one of I think the second wedding, um, Kun Chang and Kun Pen are both in attendance because you know of they're both his dads technically, and the king, right. yeah, because <laughs> you know that's his biological dad, that's the dad that raised him until he was like six. Um, yeah, the king is like, no, no, Wan Tong, you have to choose between these two men, um, because men are only men are allowed to have two people in their lives. Women, women, no, no. And, fuck off. <laughs> and Wan Tong is like, no, like, I can't, um, Kun Pen's my first love, you know, like, he means so much to me, and then Kun Chang, like, took care of me when I needed him, you know, because he's rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So she's like, I can't do it. And then, the king's like, all right, then die. And he sentenced her yeah. to death.
0: Oh.
1: Um, Tangam when when he catches wind of this, he's like he like goes and begs the king. He's like, please don't kill my mom. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like why are you trying to kill my mom? She didn't do anything <laughs> to you. <laughs> um, and he's like, okay, I won't kill your mom. But then by the time he makes that call, she had been executed.
0: Of course, yeah, she of died. Course. Yep.
1: So yep. that's like the basic summary of the story that I could find. Yep. The most like. Re- compressed version of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And because this was a story that was often, you know, told orally, so this story, Mm -hmm. apparently it was written down a few times, but the place that housed the books burnt Mm -hmm. down. And so the original copies of it weren't, like, nowhere... Never found. Never found, yeah. And so this is, like, after a lot of retelling, this is, like, the main story that people know. Yeah. But there is also another variation of the story where Kunpen is actually a high-ranking soldier of the king, and he meets a powerful sorcerer who takes a liking to him. And the sorcerer likes him so much that he offers his daughter's hand in marriage, Nang Pim. So they get married and eventually the daughter's sorcerer gets pregnant. Oh sorry, the sorcerer's daughter gets pregnant. And mm-hmm. when Kun finds out about the pregnancy Arguments start to come up so often that um, the sorcerer father in law coerces his daughter mm. into poisoning and you know trying to kill Kun Pen. Kill- oh,
0: yeah. Oh, I thought she was gonna try to poison herself. No, of- no, oh.
1: no. So the mm. the the de- father in law and the daughter in- team up against the husband. Yeah, but Kun Pen finds out somehow. He flies into a rage and murders the wife, cutting his child out of her stomach, uh, and then going to the temple to perform makes, the ceremony, yeah. wraps it in yeah. sacred cloth, whatever. Um, built a fire, he places the baby in it, roasting it to a dried out husk, and um, the child then becomes a ghost, but instead of like haunting him, the ghost baby like mm. speaks and like communicates with his father and acts as the guardian spirit for mm-hmm. Um. So that's like the two possible backstories of yeah. the Tong. Um, Yeah, These days... That's so
0: interesting, though, yeah. that it was mainly passed down afterwards through oral traditions, mm-hmm. because I feel like that's such a big part of a lot of different cultures is oral history. Right? Yeah. So it's so important to preserve cultures and preserve people of that background so you're able to pass down these stories. Because I feel like a lot of the times they're there Mm-hmm. To teach lessons mm-hmm. it's about it- like morals and behaviors and uh-huh. stuff like that, so. and I've
1: read that the characters in the epic are based on mm-hmm. actual historical Pe- people, um yeah. but I don't know how accurate the story is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So these days, you'll mostly see um, small wooden statues of a young boy with his hair in a topknot sitting with his hands in prayer. And you can often buy these at temples, and they'll often be carved out of wood from demolished Buddhist temples because it's, be- because it's believed that the buildings have absorbed the sacredness from the monks who used to sit inside them and chant prayers. Yeah. So um, it's also believed that these kumantong, once you bring them home, They're able to see and hear 20,000 kilometers away, so giving Mm. them the ability to detect any incoming threats to a household that homes it. Taking Mm. home a Kumantong and setting up a shrine for him is often compared to adopting a child. So Mm. as long as you put him on a shelf and take care of them by giving them lots of attention and offering cups of milk and sweet drinks, they will Mm. offer you protection. Mm-hmm. And in specific, they like nam Deng, which is uh, translated to red water. It's a juice made from snake fruit and red artificial coloring, and is a popular drink among Thai spirits. So it's interesting that you brought up Red Bull because I was like, "Ooh, I wonder if yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. kind of similar." But um, apparently, they also use Red Fanta if they can't get a hold of that stuff. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. They're it's like, just, yeah, yeah. Uh. It's also a popular drink among Thai spirits, so it's like often mm-hmm. used as an offering, and there's some mm-hmm. speculation that it acts as a substitute for blood offerings,
0: which mm-hmm. like makes sense. Yeah, because why else would you want a red drink? Yeah. It kind of makes sense to me. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like a humane way of giving... Oh yeah, this is totally blood. Yeah. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. They're also... um, Kumantang are also seen as tricksters and often tease small children, so... When the homeowner sees this happening, they will lightly hit the kumantong and actually scold it. Um, kumantong owners also have some spooky stuff happening in their homes, or like report to have seen some spooky mm-hmm. stuff, like they'll hear children's laughter or little footsteps running around. Mm-hmm. When someone can no longer take care of the kumantong, they'll bring it to a temple that will take it and perform a ritual to sever the ties between the person and the kumantong. hmm there are Thai laws put in place against using human-derived products for hum- kumantong. Yeah, I'm sure there are. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't stop everyone. In yeah. fact, in 1995, Saman Han Raksachit, a Buddhist novice from Wat Nong Rakham in Saraburi province, was arrested after a video of him surfaced on the internet. In the video, trigger warning... <laughs> In the video he is seen piercing, bleeding, roasting, chanting and collecting the drippings of a baby. Oh, oh my god, dude. <laughs> yeah. So the liquids he collected was made to be sold to the mo- at the monastery to visitors as yasane aka lust medicine, so like a love potion basically. Uh-huh. Uh, Raksashi uh was arrested and expelled from the monastery, but never went to jail for the crime. That seems
0: (laughs) like an oversight.
1: Yeah. I feel like the punishments related to this stuff are very, like... I feel like you could could hand out a little more.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's sort of like you, you... If you want to stop people from doing it, you need to make sure that there's enough of... An, like either negative or positive reinforcement of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't actually reinforce it, then people aren't going to listen to the rule that you set in place. Right. And if the repercussions of your actions aren't large enough, then no one's going to listen. Yeah, to no one takes saying. it seriously. Yeah.
1: In June 2010, 14 dead babies were uncovered in an abandoned home in Uban-Rachatani province. Mm-hmm. A former nurse was collecting the bodies and selling
0: the corpses for thirty dollars each. First of all, that's so little mm-hmm. money for a fucking human life. Yeah. Second of all, that is really fucked up. And like, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> it's just so disrespectful. Because also, wouldn't the parents want to be yeah. able to, yeah, like bury or mm-hmm. cremate their mm-hmm. their children? Yeah.
1: But I mean, like, you know, you could tell someone that you cremated their baby and then not.
0: Yeah. So maybe those were the ones that were supposed Mm -hmm. to be cremated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think these are, like,
1: definitely, like, stolen. But, like, obviously, people don't realize they've been stolen or else they'd be looking for them, right?
0: Yeah. That's so sad.
1: Mm -hmm. Also, in 2010, in November... 348 aborted fetuses were found in Wat Pai Nguyen, a monastery in the heart of Bangkok. The corpses were found wrapped in plastic bags, and they were bought from five different illegal abortion clinics. So they were going to be sold to magicians and amulet dealers. When the media got a hold of the story and distributed it, hundreds of people actually swarmed the monastery to chant for the fetuses and pray. And some people even asked if the bodies would be um, made available for use in rituals. So there was dead. actually like a fuck ton of people that wanted like mm-hmm. in on this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In May of 2012, police officers stopped a traveler at the airport when they found six human fetuses that had been roasted and then covered in gold leaf in his suitcase. <sighs>
0: How do you just expect to get through customs like that? I don't, I don't get it. I don't either. Maybe he thought he could pass it off as, like, oh, these are just, like, the fake ones? Uh, yeah, they're fake.
1: Plus, like, you wouldn't really be able... Uh, actually, I don't know. <laughs> I wonder how you could
0: tell, like... Yeah. I, I'm sure it looks different because, like, tourist-looking ones probably have a very specific look to it. Uh-huh. the the real ones, like... I don't think you can make it to look specifically like a boy with a bun. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, there, it's li- yeah.
1: there's photos of it. It's literally like a roasted.
0: You know that. Yeah. You yeah. Know,
1: you know that. Oh god, this sounds horrible. But you know that episode of SpongeBob.
0: With that... Okay. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> already.
1: <laughs> Shit. With the with the old old fish that the old
0: yeah 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 chocolate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Holy crap! Yep they look like that but wrapped in gold okay. with arms and legs obviously but that's what they look like oh um
0: as soon as he said the episode of Mama, i like had this very vivid image in my mind of that. chocolate yeah, okay, got it. chocolate <laughs>
1: Yeah, they look kind of like that. Okay, I'll post pictures you know. of it just cause it's not like, like it is kind of gross. Like, I, I feel like it's okay cause people post skulls yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff all the time and like yeah.
0: Is already calling
1: you? No, he just woke up. Oh. <laughs> he he just like got up, did a spin, and then laid back down. I love it. <laughs> yep. So anyway, Chao Ha Quen, a twenty-eight-year-old Taiwanese man from the UK, bought the bodies Mm -hmm. for just over $6,000. And I'm not sure what currency this is, but I'm assuming USD. See, like, I don't think that's a lot. That is not a lot. um, Like, human Mm -hmm. lives. So his intention was to resell them in Taiwan as good luck charms for six times the original
0: purchase price. Of course it was. Fucking capitalism. (laughs) Anyways.
1: So he was going to sell them for $6,000 each.
0: Holy, yeah.
1: The officer overseeing the case said that some people smuggle body parts for their collection and to mm-hmm. produce talismans or amulets like kumantong. The body parts are often stolen from hospitals or undertakers and that will sell them on the black market.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The penalty for purchasing kumantong is a 2,000 baht fine. And if you don't know, 2,000 baht is 80 cat. eighty Canadian dollars. 60, 61 US dollars.
0: That is less than a speeding ticket. <laughs> it is less than a speeding Like a speeding ticket is like, what, $200? Yeah. But also a uh, jail time of
1: up, oh, okay. but only up to one year.
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> I guess if you're yeah. like
1: buying it, right. it's not as bad yeah. as like producing it. Yeah, but it, yep, yep. it's still like. <laughs> yeah. Um that that's all like the cases that I'll cover. <laughs> but yeah. in twenty fourteen there was an article from the Bangkok Post interviewing Jakapan and Jakapon Kamsonpot They were interviewed for their large collection of Kumantong statues and talismans that filled the prayer room of their home. So mm-hmm. Jakapan and Jakapong <laughs> aged 41 mm-hmm. at the time, were famous singing twins. Their nicknames were Jack and Jill. They're, they're both men, but...
0: Mm-hmm. I don't... It's 2014. Yes. It's fine. Yes.
1: Yes. They have bookshelves lining the walls of the room filled with smaller figures, you know, like Barbie-sized-ish or mm-hmm. smaller. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the room were the larger figures that were arranged in a small shrine. A, place, mm-hmm. a plate of offerings was placed in front, containing bottles of water and pudding.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Their collection started in... Um, they said that their collection started in 1997, when the economic crisis hit Thailand, affecting their joint business. They received their grandfather's kumantong from their mother, and became attached to it like a vessel of hope. And they said that they would pray to the kumantong and ask for its support to help them succeed... And eventually, it did. Like, they were super Mm -hmm. successful later on with their singing career. Um, Jacopan said, they are like our family, brothers, and children, making it Mm -hmm. a huge family because they own at least 1,689 kumantong from the time the article was (laughs) written.
0: I'm sure they've racked up more by this time. Yeah.
1: Like, it's been seven years
0: that's a lot
1: yeah that's almost excessive amount of children to have
0: just a little (laughs) i'm i'm like okay i get it maybe they just really wanted to be successful and so they they were like we're gonna become collectors of all of this Mm -hmm, luck mm -hmm. and probably like as they saw their success grow yes they got more because they're like oh it's working yes confirmation bias basically yes but it's fine
1: so um yeah, that's a little bit about Man Tong. Other lucky charms that are also derived from the Kun Chang Kun Peng um, story are Kun Peng himself. Um, people wear amulets of him um, to make them seem more attractive because you know mm-hmm. the dude was handsome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kun Chang, on the other hand, people will wear his image as an amulet for good luck and wealth. And in gambling, because, you know, he was rich. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. That's it. It's a short case. That's actually... Yeah, but I thought it was super interesting. Um, Yeah, no, I think it's actually
0: kind of cool Mm -hmm. to to learn about it. I actually really like this side of things, too, because there's so many different stories and history and Mm -hmm. urban... Not urban. Kind of like just cultural things to learn about Mm -hmm. from every country, so... Yeah. And I think it also gives us a good opportunity to cover something from Thailand as well since we haven't been able to do that just yes, yet. yes, we
1: haven't yet.
0: Um but now we have. Now so we it's have. all good. <laughs>
1: There's also a lot of like different stories and like movies and film that have come yeah. out from this the original um folklore. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. I really want to want <laughs> <laughs> wanted wanted to do um more of like you know cuz our our title is like true crime and creepy culture so i wanted to mm-hmm. cover more creepy culture um that comes from asia and this is how i decided to do it from this story yeah. and uh hopefully we i could find some more in the future but this one's just Mm -hmm. really interesting i really wish i could read the entire epic
0: but i feel like that would take you a long time to do that if it's the size of the odyssey so it's okay
1: yeah i probably will not even touch it maybe like watch like a movie or something
0: yeah that's what that would be my solution (laughs) (laughs) Uh, cool yeah well thank you tammy yeah uh if you guys want to see any of the photos that Tammy's going to post, you can check us out on Instagram at incrimination and find all of our show notes at bit.ly slash incrimination all overcase. That's it. Thanks That's it. for listening. <laughs> Catch you next time. <laughs> Bye! <laughs>